Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم یہ فرما گئے ہے رسول مکرم السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ استیم لسنرز آف سریس ایف ایم ان مرکز صحابہ دا وائس آف اہل سنہ والجماع وی ویلکم یو ٹو دا بلس آف میریج دا ڈیٹ ٹوڈے از دا سیونتھ آف شابان 1444 کورسپونڈنگ ٹو دا گریگورین کیلنڈر دا 28 آف فیبروری 2023 وی ہیو اور انربل مفتی صاحب یا مفتی عبد القادر حسین صاحب لیٹس ویلکم مفتی صاحب السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته بارك الله فيكم وزايد خان جزاك الله خيرا The esteemed listeners of Sirius FM and Marcus Sahaba The voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah Today is the 7th of Shaban 1444 We welcome you to the program The Bliss of Marriage Inshallah Mu'ana Arafat Hatia will be joining us shortly He just caught up in traffic And he'll come just now Inshallah Mufti Sahib, there's a question here It's about Saudi Arabia The Medical Sharia Advisory Committee Affiliated with the General Presidency of Scholarly Research in IFTA They met to discuss the issue of abortion of fetuses and they have given permissibility to a certain degree. Mufti Sahib, your comments on this? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-Kareem Amma ba'd All praise is due to Almighty Allah The sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as far as Saudi Arabia goes, I don't know if our news team carried the article or not, but anyway, everybody should be carrying this here. I mentioned it this morning in our news before the Q&A, you know, early morning around 5 o'clock. I had Saudi Arabia has uh, arrested 10 judges and in currently they're in, in communicado Communicado means that they have not been, no sentence has been passed against them so far, although, although they are arrested with one year. So they are held in communicado, and there is fear that they will be given the death sentence. Why they'll be given the death sentence? Because you must remember MBS, Murtad bin Shaitan, and them say they were too lenient and so forth. But from there, three, four judges were the ones who gave last year when they executed over 80 people the death penalty. Now they want to put these guys away. So you need to understand things in their real context there. All this abortion and all that are secondary issues as far as what's really going on in Saudi Arabia currently. Saudi Arabia currently, since he came into power and he's the de facto leader, and that is, you must remember, MBS Murtad bin Shaitan. He, I said this morning also that he's a very split personality. He's like bipolar. Some days he blow hot, some days cold, and so forth and so on. So that is what happens there. That if these Mullah, if these sheikhs or these muftis or whoever, they 
they have to pass fatawa and he don't like it, then he can imprison them. You saw what he did to Sheikh Salih Ali Talib and so forth. Sheikh Salih Ali Talib came to South Africa in 2010. He was the guest of Darulum, Newcastle, and I know I translated with Allah's help there. So when you understand all that, then you come to this issue here. Yeah. So there's no such thing as an independent judiciary. There is no such thing as an independent scholar. Therefore, Sheikh Shuraim, if you know the whole story, the inside story, he was fed up, he was frustrated, and he said, I better resign. So after 32 years and so forth, so he had to walk away because your conscience will not allow you to go on like that. We must remember that. So remember the issue of uh, abortion and so forth is a straightforward issue in Islam. That is, in Islam, you must remember, you have husband, you have wife, they are married, there's a nikah took place, the wife conceived. So in Islam, let's say while the wife is pregnant, the husband passes away. So what will Islam say? Islam will say you can never ever finalize the estate of the deceased, that is the husband, until unless that baby, that fetus is born. So we come to know whether it's a boy, whether it's a girl, whether it's twins, triplets, quadruplets, whatever it is. The main lesson we must learn from here is Islam treats the janine, Islam treats that fetus as a life. Remember that. And the Western law is this. All these haramis, these Western democracies, they say no, abortion is legal and they will have one, two flimsy you know, conditions and so forth. But we say when you speak of human rights, then Islam teaches you the true human rights. You must remember that and when you speak and we say abortion is haram in Islam and you must remember that that as far as animal rights go also more than 1400 years ago Islam taught us in Allah when you slaughter it must be done in a humane fashion humane manner so you have your stunning stunning for the chicken stunning for the animals the cow and the cattle and all that since when all this is permissible this is all the proper term for this you must call it predatory capitalism. Mm. What is predatory capitalism? That you want, you must remember to stun maximum amount of animal chicken for maximum and optimum amount of money and capital. It's all just lip service, all hypocrisy. When they speak of human rights, then how come abortion is legal? And you speak of animal rights, then how come stunning is legalized and acceptable? Those chicken never saw the sunlight in their life. So they put them all in one dark place and so forth. So that is what happens. Now let's come to the Islamic law. In Muslim Sharif, you must remember it is mentioned after 120 days. Then you must remember ensoulment takes place. The roof is now inserted into the fetus. So after four months, remember that abortion isqat is called in Arabic isqatul janin. So the abortion is totally haram. 
ahwal in all circumstances that's after four months and from time of conception from the time she fell pregnant till the time of four months then also is absolutely haram but one two exemptions exclusions will be made Allah forbid Allah forbid that the lady was walking or like you see what's happening there in Ukraine and Russia and all these places so that somebody came and raped the lady and Allah forbid Allah forbid she fell pregnant so now after one month two months three months then she goes for an abortion because obviously that this baby is not her baby in her sen- in that sense that she was married or willingly she was raped and so forth so therefore we will say that is mustasna mustasna the exemption and the exclusion is not the rule is the exception to the rule so in this one two cases only Islam will allow it before four months once four months takes place then is haram and that is unanimous fatwa everything else is just bu- bootlicking they want to you must remember just bootlick the authorities or want to bootlick the western powers and so forth and so on so we need that's why I gave you the story first and that I heard last night on BBC you must remember that so therefore the news team also you need to carry all these kind of stories and remember that we need to name them and shame them and we must know our fatwa is this the current Saudi regime the current MRI regime, the current regimes who have made peace with Israel, they're not Muslims, they're out of the fall of Islam, and we must be very clear on these type of issues. Muftisab, what happens in the case if a baby passes away in the womb after 25 weeks? Is there janazah salah? Remember Mustafa sallallahu alayhi sallam said manish to hilla fa alayhi salat that when there is life then only you have salat and so forth and so on and if there is no life then you must remember that then there won't be any salat so let's take it you must remember in different scenarios and see number one is this that if that baby is still born so in a case where it is still born the baby so you must remember then there is no gusal there is no real bathing there is no real coffin and shrouding no janazah salat so that woman when the full term nine months eight months she gave birth and was still born so you just pour a little bit water take one piece of cloth wrap it up and thereafter you go and bury dead fetus and that stillborn baby and in that case then no salatul janazah there's no life so once there's no life there's no salatul janazah so similarly that after six months five months four months that there was a miscarriage or whatever you so in all these cases there will not be janazah salat you just take whatever is there you do not give it to the hospital or clinic because they will incinerate it and burn it and you must remember that you must take it all this and the placenta and whatever else and bury it in the Muslim graveyard but there will not be a salatul janazah for that remember the law salatul janazah will take place and salatul janazah will be performed where there is life and then that baby passed away then everything will follow as normal we will have gusal bathing we will have kafan shrouding we will have salatul janazah the funeral prayer and the burial so always remember that principle 
21 uh, minutes after f- uh, uh, after 11 Ustaz South African time. Somebody says here that, uh, is it right to shout at my deaf wife? As she can't hear anyway, Ustaz, anonymous. So you must remember, still is not permissible. Why is not permissible? Whether she can hear or she can't hear, that is not the issue. The issue is, what did the Quran teach us? What did the Sunnah Mubarakah teach us for us as husbands? In Surah 4, verse number 19, 1-9, All Maitallah commands every one of us, every husband, that you, the husbands, you must treat your wives with equity and respect and justice and so forth. So therefore, we need to be clear on that issue. That is the cold the verdict and the direct speech of all Allah, Allah, Surah 4, Chapter 4, Surah Nisa, regarding the women. And yeah, Allah is saying, in verse 19, bil-ma'ruf. Then we come to the Amal, the fail, and the action Mubarak of the Master, Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Siddiqa Sayyidah Aisha Radiallahu Anha, she was the only Azra, the only virgin wife of Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And therefore, of the many asbab and reasons why Nabi Wasallam married her, and she was so young, that she will preserve all these actions, and she will disseminate, propagate it, teach it to the Ummah. So Siddiqa Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala and her states, therefore, among the men, we find Sayyidah Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala and reported, 5,374 ahadis through the different chains of transmission. And you take Siddiqa to bin to Siddiq radiallahu anhumah, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha through the different chains of narration, 2,210 ahadis. So all because you must remember she was young, she could memorize, and she was a master or the linguist par excellence of the Arabic language, and she was a muhaddisa, faqiha, scholar of hadith, a great jurist, and adiba, a master of the Arabic language. So she reports authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif, khayyarukum wa khayyarukum khayyarukum li ahalikum wa ana khayyarukum li ahali the best of you are the best of you to your wives and your children and I Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu am the best to my wives and my children so that is what we must take as the Uswai Hasana the role model you can't say no I'm screaming so my wife is deaf so that is fine no it's still not fine you are going against the laws of the Quran Sharif you are going against the Amal Mubarak and the action Mubarak of the Master sallallahu so therefore we must not look for healers and loopholes and shortcuts and so forth. Listen to this one, Ustad. My mother-in-law is a non-Muslim and she wants me to take a life policy out on her. Am I permitted to do this, Ustad? Totally haram. In manse dwert is another for manse brood. It will be another frozen brood. So you must remember that you must tell her that you are a Muslim and your wife, she embraced Islam. So both of you are Muslim. She is a non-Muslim. So she can take out the life policy. For her, it will be acceptable she's non-Muslim. But she wants you 
must take it out and if you die then she will be the beneficiary or her daughter and meaning your wife will be the beneficiary so all that absolutely haram why haram surah 5 chapter 5 verse number 2 surah maida they all met Allah teaches us the maxim the golden rule you must cooperate with one another in piety and righteousness and do not cooperate with one another in sin and in transgression so that's exactly what you will be doing if you go ahead so therefore one is haram second thing is this you invested you paid premiums of one million to the insurance policy the life insurance now you died and then the payment is out five million ten million but you only paid one million so all that four million six million ten million extra so what you will call that islam calls all that riba and it is interest and gambling and so forth so there are multiple reasons why it is absolutely haram so ta'ameen ta'ameen is the arabic word for insurance bima bima is bima is indagi so to take out insurance bima is for in urdu for the insurance is all absolutely haram and this is according to all four schools so you must not fall in the trap of your mother-in-law she's trying to beguile you and deceive you Subhanallah, subhanallah. You will continue paying and she will receive it. You can see the foolishness in that also. Well, she, well, she says to start, she wants me to pay the bill. So if she dies, I get the money to start. Both ways is haram. You must remember that. So she will take out the policy, but you will be paying. And if she predeceases you, then you will get the money. It's still haram. Because you must remember that Quran said, "Wala ta'awanu alal ismi wal udwan." Do not cooperate in sin and transgression. Finish. End of the story. I've got a rivet sister, and she says that Honorable Mufti Sab, my husband plants plants his beard. Is this permissible, or should he wear a straight beard, Ustad? So remember, I am not sure what you mean by mm. he plants or plaits his beard and so forth. I think you mean plaits his beard like the Sikhs do and so forth. So that's not permissible in Islam. Like how a woman that when she has long, long hair then they make chotli. Mm. Then they make, you must remember, plait their hair and so forth. So now he wants to plait his beard and so forth. Not permissible for us as Muslims. One is, it's against the Hadith. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that we must ofiru that you must let your beard grow and it must be made long and so forth and second one is imitating the Sikhs the Sikhs do that what you are saying that they put the plaits and a net and all this because in their religion they say to cut the hair is not permissible and so forth so therefore you will see them they put that all these kind of things there so you must tell your husband he must use a comb he must use a hairbrush or whatever and he must go his beard out completely no plaits and no braid and no all this type of thing absolutely haram I told you first reason it is imitating the Sikhs second one is against the hadith of Nabi salam. and third one you must remember this even when you take ghusl and a bath and all that will be problems with that so Allah alone knows whether you're going to wash every hair and all so so many issues will come about so what Islam taught us is always the natural system and the best system. Mm. 
Subhanallah, subhanallah. Dear Mufti Sahib, my kid's dead. He's never at home. He just wants more and more and more kids, Mufti Sahib. And he's forever at work stating that he needs to support his kids. Can I deny him more kids for this reason, Anonymous Ustad? So you must remember that you can't be denying that on this grounds that you say he's not there and so forth. Whatever is in your taqdeer, in your kismet, that Allah will give you. I am married to my wife, mashallah, my father-in-law, mother-in-law, had 11 children, 10 sons and one daughter, and she came last also. So, mashallah, and they carried on, mashallah, everybody is healthy, everybody fine. Now, you must remember from the 10 brother-in-laws, so five have already passed away and five are alive. So, that is how it is. So, that reasoning of yours is not valid. Yes. This is what you must say. You must tell him that you want to fulfill your conjugal rights and you want all these kind of things. Fine. So we, you will fulfill his conjugal rights and so forth. But you must also play the game. And that is spend quality time with your children. It's not your wife's children. It's our children. So whether it's weekends and all that, you have to spend time. You have to help your wife and all that. That is Islamic teaching. Therefore, it is a joint. See, I teach you a lesson. In husband-wife relationship, you have haqqu zawj, the rights of the husband. You have haqqu zawja, that is the rights of the wife. Then you have al-hukukul mushtaraka. You have rights that afflict and are imposed on both parties. So this is one of them. Both parties have to bring up the children and make tarbiyah, training, coaching. See the dua of the noble Quran. We're making dua for our parents. They are alive. Rabbi Surah 17, verse 24. Rabbi Rahamuhuma. Oh Allah, have mercy on my beloved parents. Kama Rabbayani. As they made tarbiyah, as they nurtured me, as they trained me, as they coached me. Kama Rabbayani. Yani is dual. In Arabic you have singular, you have dual tasnia, and then you have jama, you have three and more. So kama rabbayani. So as they, both of them, they trained me, nurtured me, coached me, sahira, when I was an infant, when I was in my formative years, when I was growing up. So all the translations will be acceptable. So ye, you as the father of these children, you are shirking your responsibility and you must spend quality time with your wife, with your children. For example, weekends, you don't have to go to work seven days out of seven. So one day you mustn't work. And remember that, that is the golden time. You spend with your wife, you spend with your children. You can't just be making more and more and more and saying that, no, the wife only must look after them. I got no time, I'm too busy. Then you are guilty of a major, major sin as well. You, Mm. the father... And as a father and a husband, both ways, you are committing a major sin. Hmm. Allah, subhanallah, subhanallah. Somebody says here, Ustad, that uh, um, Mufti Sahib, load shedding ruins our food. We can't even get takeaways. And where I stay to get a bottle of gas is 60 kilometers away. We can't afford to keep two tanks of gas. 
and this is causing friction in our marriage. Help me, please, Ustad. Obviously, you must remember that everybody's houses and homes and marriages, some way or the other, will be impacted. So my advice to you will be three, four things. Number one, first we must come to the du'as. Surah 2, Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 201. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَةً وَقِنَا ذَبَنَّارِ Ya Allah, all the good things in this world that are good, that are permissible, give us that, Ya Allah. And give us the goodness in the year after genital firdos and save us from the punishment of the fire. So we must remember we have direct entry into genital firdos. Second one, that this morning I spoke of it after Fajr Salat day in the masjid. And remember, oh yeah, the Imam read the surah. So on that I just elaborated on. So Surah 66, verse number 8. Surah 66, Surah Tahrim, verse number 8. I said the Imam Sab read the verse, Rabbana atmim lana noorana waqfil lana. Oh, beloved Allah, perfect and complete for us our noor. The non-Muslim will just worry about the energy, the power, the lights, all these things in this world. But we as Muslims, we want the nur, we want the radiance, we want the effulgence, we want the power, yea, in this world also. Then we want it where? In the barzakh also. Barzakh is from the time of death of a person right till the day of Qiyamah and the day of justice. And then we want, remember, that nur to enter into Jannah also. See, I teach you a lesson. When we are in the womb of our mother, so how long we are there? That is our world. We're there seven months, eight months, nine months. Then we come into dunya. So how long we live here? Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Hadith authentic in Tirmidhi Sharif, A'amaru ummati bayna sitin wa sab'in wa aqalluhum may yujawizu zalik. That the average age of this ummah is 60, 70 years old in between and very few people go beyond that. I'm in that category now, between 60, 70, with Allah's help, Allah's mercy. So you must remember, then the life gets longer. Then Quran says, وَمِيُّ وَرَائِهِمْ بَرْزَخُونَ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ يُبْأَسُونَ Surah 23, verses 100, 101, Allah mentions this. So you go to Barzakh. That is the interspace between dunya and akhirat. So that is thousand years, million years. So that Allah. So you see, the period is getting longer, longer, longer. So in the womb of the mother, so six months, eight months, nine months. Dunya, 50, 60, 70, 18 years. Then Barza, thousand, thousand years. Then Jannat, then million, billion, zillion years forever. Jahannam for the non-Muslim forever. So that is what we are asking for. Surah 66, verse number 8. Rabbana atmim lana noorana waqfil lana innaka ala kulli shayin qadir. Oh, beloved Allah, that perfect and complete for us, that our noor, our radiance, our effulgence, verily, Allah, you have power over everything. So that is what we should understand. Next one is this, that now look at the logistics. 
So when you go for Jummah Salat, because you stay 60 kilometers away or what, when you go buy your fruits or food or groceries, so just go and keep on every week filling up the tank and so forth. So that much won't be difficult for you. So you don't wait till the tank gets empty and then you start worrying and so forth. So every week you just go for a refill and that will be the easy way out. Next one will be, you should maybe make istikhara. Allahumma khir lana wakhtar lana plural. Ya Allah, you select the best for us and you choose for us. That maybe you have to relocate because maybe that place is not safe. You're so far away. Allah forbid tomorrow the crooks come, they cause you harm and so forth and so on. So these are just suggestions. You know best what to do and so forth. But you will have to give our charity daily because remember we as Muslims believe وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ When calamities befall you is because of your own actions. We can blame the politicians, we can blame ESCOM, we can blame everybody. But first thing in Islam, we must blame ourselves. Remember that. We had it too good for too long. And now when you must remember things are going haywire, topsy-turvy, we're wondering what is happening because we need to ask ourselves, If you are grateful to all, then I, Allah, will increase my bounties, favors. And if you are making kufran, whole day with the electricity, watching Hollywood, Bollywood, Robin Hood, whole day with electricity, playing with the phone, and just killing time, wasting time, whole day with the electricity, doing haram things. So when you make kufran, you are ungrateful, unthankful, then my punishment also is very severe. So that's how a Muslim looks at it. 22 minutes uh, to 12. We go for an interval. We'll come back, inshallah. We will continue with the bliss of marriage. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Well, it's exactly now uh, 16 uh, minutes, uh, sorry about that, 19 minutes to 12. Uh, 084-786-3132, international overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Assalamu alaikum, Mubtisab. My husband keeps telling his son to find a rich wife, then life can be easy. I mean, is this allowed in Islam, Ustad? Remember, that's total wrong advice he is giving his son and your son as well. So when you and your husband are alone, you must have a heart-to-heart talk. And you need to show your husband that so many people were multi-millionaires, multi-billionaires, multi-trillionaires, and what Allah Ta'ala did with them. Take two examples. The pharaoh, the tenpot dictator, was so drunk with power and wealth, he even proclaimed and announced and pronounced and said, Ana rabbukumul a'la. I am your supreme being. I am your God, Allah forbid, divinity in the form of humanity. What Allah Ta'ala did with him, with all his wealth, with all his power, remember he drowned, humiliated forever, everlasting Jahannam and the everlasting doom and gloom. You take Harun, so much wealth, multi-zillionaire, 
let's use that term. And when he came out with his wealth, and he was told, Wa ahsin kama ahsan Allah do good to creation as Allah did good to you. Like today's capitalists, secularists, all of them, how they speak. So he said, where Allah comes in the equation? All this wealth I accumulated and amassed is my knowledge, is my degrees, is my shrewdness, my business acumen. Exactly what today the capitalists and the secular speak about. So all Almighty Allah opened for them. Allah Ta'ala opened the ocean and they drowned in it. For him, that for Pharaoh and them. For yeah, Fir'aun. And yeah, Allah Ta'ala opened the land and the Send for him for Khasaf and One is called Gharq, Gharq to drown, and one is called Khasf, Khasa Khasin Fa. So we opened the land and the sand, and he sunk into the land and sand with all these million, billion, trillion, zillions. Finish end of the story. So that's Quran. Then you must tell your husband when you're alone, is in a good mood, the children, nobody is there. Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, That you will get married to a lady for four reasons. Limaliha, for her wealth. Walijamaliha, for her beauty. Walihasabiha, because she belongs to the highest strata of society. They're very well known. They are very famous. They're influential. Walidiniha, and then for the deen, the piety, her belief structure is good, her character is good, she belongs to the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, not the Shias and Qadianis and Agakhanis and all these non-Muslim characters. They have Muslim name, but they're not Muslim. Then Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, first fur bidati deen. You will be successful when you give the deen preference and so forth. That is what Rasulullah Rahmatulil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying. Now you mother, you wife, tell your husband, see the ending of the hadith. You don't want to take this advice, study but yadak. Take your hand and rub it there in the sand and in the land. Meaning, then you're inviting problems and you're inviting big, big difficulty, catastrophe in your life. So your husband might say, no, I'm making a joke. No, I'm giving advice and so forth. But actually, you're inviting trouble, calamity, disaster for you and your son and so forth. Now in his mind, because his father is telling him this every second day, every third day, every week. So now it's getting embedded in his mind and in his heart and entrenched there that, yes, I must get married to that rich lady. Now let's look at that side. Habibuna Mustafa, there's hadith of four reasons, Mishkat Sharif, so many hadith kitabs you'll find. Then in Mustafa Ahmad is mentioned when you marry the lady and the primary reason, objective is a wealth, a Allah will disgrace you, the husband, Allah will disgrace you. Why? The house is on her name, the car is on her name, the business is on her name. You are just like a knocker, you are just like a worker there. So anytime you are right and you tell her nonsense that you can't do this, you can't do this, I'll tell you one incident now, true incident happened in South Africa. Mm -hmm. So you must remember that she will say, hey, what you talking, whose house is this? Whose car is this? Whose business is this? So you see that she's holding all the trump cards and so forth. This is a true story I'm telling you. 
You must remember very, very rich family, right? And whatever reason the person got married, you must remember to that lady for her wealth or what that Allah alone knows. But most probably it was for the wealth. So the father, because he loves the daughter so much, he gave a credit card and unlimited. You use this credit card how you want to. So they went to the mall, they went here, they went there. So now she wants to buy clothing, she wants to buy bags, she wants to buy shoes, she wants to buy this. You know, women, they don't stop, they want this. So he told her, no, don't buy this, don't buy this. He told her, see, I'm your husband, and I can tell you, she said, you got no right to tell me because I am not spending your wealth, I'm spending my father's wealth. (laughs) So what happened? So he ended up in divorce, you see. So that is what's going to happen to you when that is your intention, brother. Everything you will find in the Quran Sharif, in the Sunnah Mubarakah, to sum up this question and this answer, in Urdu we have a wonderful saying. It's from the Hadith, the first Hadith in Bukhari Sharif, in Mishkat Sharif, Riyadu Salihin, and you know it by heart. Innamal a'malu bin niyat. So remember in Urdu, Chasey niyat, waisi barakat. Whatever intention you made regarding your worldly matters or your religious affairs, that is the results and the consequences you will see. So that is what you are seeing today, mm. that our near intention is totally tainted and polluted. So that a niyatul makhluta, you call it in Arabic. So that's why the marriages don't last today. Allah protect us. Mm. Somebody says, what do I can I read when I go buy groceries? Your mufti things are very expensive. I'm a pensioner and have no other income to start. Every day, not only Baji, Kala, when you go shopping, so remember that every day. Make this part of your routine. You are at home, you're not working, you're pensioner, so you got enough leisure time. So for the pleasure of Allah, Quran says, read chapter 7, verse 180, 180. Chapter 7, verse 180. Whosoever reads the 99 names of Allah. So Allah has beautiful 99 names. So invoke and call Almighty Allah. Jalla Where is it mentioned 99? In Bukhari Sharif, Tirmidhi Sharif. Bukhari Sharif is mentioned, Man Hafidaha Dakhal Al Jannah, who memorizes by heart the 99 beautiful, wonderful names of Allah, will enter paradise and Jannah. Whoever looks inside for 20, 30, 40 years, now I'm reading every day with Allah's help. Man Ahsaha Dakhal Al Jannah, so look inside and read the 99 names of Allah. When you do that, Baji Kala, then raise your hands and read. Read now with me. Ya Wahabu, Ya Wahabu, Ya Wahab. You know you have a boy's name, Abdul Wahab. You have a girl's name, Amatul Wahab. So what is the real meaning of Wahab? So go to Quran, you will find it. Chapter 38, Surah Swad, verse 35. Nabi Sulaiman alayhi salatu salam reconstructs Masjid al-Aqsa where these Jutlas, Haramis, terrorists want to cause so much harm to the Muslims. So there he was going to rebuild it, reconstruct it, and he did so. After the reconstruction, refurbishing of Aqsal Mubarak, the hadith in Sunan Nasai, he makes dua, he raises his hands, he cries, petition, begs Allah. Chapter 38, verse 35. 
ربي هب لي ملك لا ينبغي لأحد من بعدي او الله grant me such a magnificent kingdom that you will not grant such a magnificent kingdom to anybody after me he had control over the jinn over the horses over the ants over the winds and so many things and he could speak the language of the ants and so forth so then what he said innaka antal wahhab ya allah indeed you are the best of giver the best of giver so kala anti baji old man raise your hands and say ya wahhabu ya wahhabu ya wahhab ya allah you are the best of giver and see what will happen in your life they are impediments obstacles challenges in life read ya fattahu ya fattahu ya fattahu ya allah remove the impediments and obstacles so when we read daily the 99 names of allah then we raise our hands we make dua and then we take on the challenges of life because now we know we have the help and mercy of almighty allah with us somebody says you said that uh, what is the best to do with your daughter as she grows up and i don't want to send her to this government schools but i can't afford a private islamic school give me some advice and everyone tells me that my kid will have no education as it is very important to start so what if she doesn't have any secular education the secular education is destroying lives of people i give you three last three things they teach they teaching you darwin theory that they teach you that our forefathers and grandfathers and all of them were chimpanzees were monkeys so if a person believes in that straight away you out of the fall of islam quran karim states for surah 49 verse 13 ya ayyuhan nas inna khalaqnakum min zakariyu wa unsa we created you from one male and one female adam and eve nabi adam alayhi salatu salam sayyida hawwa radiyallahu anha wa ja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila lita'arafu and they allah says we created you different nations and different tribes so that you recognize one another chapter 49 verse 13 today's schools what are they teaching you they teaching you gender equality they teaching you you can have two fathers or you can have two mothers from the tender age the children are not baligh but already they are they're brainwashing them and you must remember to be a gay is acceptable to be a lesbian is acceptable so what good is there in sending children to such school third one they're not even baligh or they just become baligh they teach them how to wear and use a condom and so forth So what is this is school this or is a brothel I'm asking you so for you to send your daughter there is not even permissible to the schools and these institutions so number 1 number 2 is this that you can't send to islamic school is too expensive is also just leave it out you as the father mother why you don't do homeschooling so homeschooling is what what i studied so many subjects in school and varsity and the half of them waste of time in our life we never use it so use that what will help your daughter i give you three four ideas number one you teach your daughter languages you teach english you teach arabic you teach urdu all that it will help your daughter in life one 
Two, you must remember your teacher, the home sciences, domestic sciences, and all that. How many of our daughters, they finish matric, they can't make one roti. If they make a roti, they'll make a square roti. If they make a samosa, they'll make some round samosa. You must remember this. So you must teach her the cooking, baking, all that. You must teach her sewing, crocheting, all these things. Yeah. So you as a mother, you as a father, you must say, we will put our children through our syllabus and we don't need that lousy certificate. Remember that. That matric certificate and that is not worth the paper on which is written. How many South Africans finished matric last year? Go ask them how many of them got job. Majority of them till today don't have job. So doctors don't have job in South Africa. What are you speaking? So remember that that is what the real status quo is. So you mustn't worry about people. People just talk nonsense. You must remember that in life you must work with al-aham fal-aham. What is the priority in life? And then prepare her to become a good wife to her husband, become a good mother to her children, and always she must put Islam in front. I am the ambassador of Islam. I am the one who will teach people how a Muslim should be and so forth and so on. So that is what you should do. And daily to read you and your wife and you teach your daughter also she must read. From a young age, Rabbana Hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. Oh Allah, grant us our spouses, grant us our children, that are the coolness of the eyes. I know of people who never saw a high school, leave university and college. They never saw high school, but they're running not multi-million, multi-billion businesses they're running. So wealthy, rich they are and all that. So remember this, it's got nothing to do with the degrees you have. It has to do with the decree of Almighty Allah. If me and you bring Iman, true taqwa, piety in our life, Allah Ta'ala will show you ways out that you can come out of difficult situations. Allah will grant you re-sustenance from such avenues you never ever expected, anticipated. Surah Talaq, Surah 65, verses 2 and 3. So that is what Islam teaches us, my brother. Hmm. Somebody says here that I am a Quran Appa. My husband passed away. When I don't teach the children, they go to the synagogue next door. Because of this reason, Ustad, would it be Islamically permissible to go out and teach and back home, Ustad? So you must remember that you must speak to the parents of these children, yeah? That remember which kind of parents are there. They just neglected their children and they just dumped their children and so forth. And I find it very hard to believe that the synagogue is open every day and so forth and somebody is going to teach them there to become a Jew or something. Judaism, they don't propagate Judaism. They say you are born a Jew to embrace Judaism is such a long drawn process it's like virtually impossible so remember this but the criminals here and the crime mostly is committed by the parents so you must speak to the parents and tell them they must impose upon their children they must come to your house and there is where you teach them and so forth and so on and if you don't go you don't teach them or something then they go synagogue the black
blame is on them, not on you. So you don't have to change your rules. You stay in your house and tell them that thus are. If you're teaching free, very good. You're charging them, very good. That also is permissible. And you must tell them that these are the fees for the week, for the term, whatever it is. And you as parents have to ensure that your daughter, your sons, whatever are coming. You're speaking of small, small children. That's what I can understand. So you must be the one to speak to the parents and impose upon them these things there. They can't be shirking and neglecting their duties. Last question. Somebody says that, Muktisab, my child was born with Down syndrome. I would like to remain anonymous. Doctors are advising that we put him down because he needs medical attention, which is creating such enormous expenses that soon all our kids and I will be homeless. What's your opinion, Ustad? Remember that you must never listen to the doctors. Majority of them today are not doctors for humanity, to serve humanity. They are there, just to fill their pockets and so forth and so on. The majority, if you have medical aid, you will see what they do with you in the clinic, in the hospital. They will make you a milking cow and so forth. I don't say all, but definitely I'll say majority, whether it's Muslim, non-Muslim. So you don't don't listen to them is absolutely haram. That child day is your special child. Do you know what Nabi Alayhi Salam said? Allah is giving you more and more risk. Allah has more and more assistance and help is coming because of such children and such people and so forth. You must read Surah Fatiha. You must read the Manzil. Read Aital Kursi. Read the Fokus. And remember that Allah bring about reform piety in my children. If you are totally drained and you don't have the financial resources, take zakat. You must remember, just speak to some people. Every week, every month, they will give you a certain amount of zakat. And never, ever go for that. The doctors say that you must just kill your child and, you know, euthanasia and all that absolutely haram. People who are beghirat, iman, they will speak like that. You must remember that. Allah Jalla Wala bless you, bless your child, and whenever negativity comes in, read A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanirajim. May Allah Ta'ala accept us all. Ameen. Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. Wa Alaikum Salaam wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. That was our beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Malala Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussein. Hafidahullah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.